Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. I'm your host, Mike Davis, and each week I bring you conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and inspiring positive social change across a wide variety of sectors. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy the next 40 minutes guaranteed to inspire you with our signature blend of wisdom, experience, and banter. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. I think it's also being aware that you can't you can't make up for bad culture by just throwing booze and experiences at people. I think what the guys want is is trust and feeling as though they're an adult and can make decisions based on what's right for them. And I think if if I think if most people answered what being you know what flexibility means to them, it's it's just being able to do things at, on the Fantastic to be back with you here, as always. I'm really grateful to our podcast supporters and especially our members and recent promotional package clients who have really helped us to fast track our move to podcast sustainability. This has been an increasingly pressing need with impending fatherhood on the horizon, so I am really grateful for the support we've received and hope you'll continue to support us. If you wish to do so, you can support us by becoming a Supercast member and enjoy some great weekly perks, or take up one of our few remaining promotional podcast spots for the year and reach our growing global audience. More on this in the show notes. As always, we're proud to be sponsored by the great folk at Neon Treehouse, still the best digital agency on the planet Earth, and Creole are the official drink of humans of purpose, with their delicious, healthy sodas ideal for those looking for a bubbly and refreshing alternative to sugary sodas, or just a break from the booze in general. Well, this week, I'm thrilled to welcome Ryan Kelly to the podcast. Ryan is the director at Creative Natives, a boutique recruitment agency specializing in talent across the creative, digital, and marketing space. Creative Natives have a unique approach to recruitment, building a vibrant team culture and some valuable insights on recruitment and work in the mid or post-pandemic era. Ryan and his team work hard and play hard, and it's been great fun attending his rooftop parties at the Commons, where their resident DJ and valuable team member keeps the beats fresh. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ryan as much as I did. Absolute honour to finally be joined by Ryan Kelly from Creative Natives. How are you travelling, mates? I'm going well, mate. How are you? Oh, very pleased to be here. I'm glad we've got our afternoon coffee. Um, it's been a very busy week for both of us. Um, I can't wait to get into everything with you, but I think a good starting point to sort of frame that discussion is when you were in school as a young man back in the UK, did you always dream of becoming a recruiter in Australia? <laughs> Uh, I'd love to say yes, but um, the reality of my journey into recruitment, like a lot of uh, Brits living in Australia, um, was um, getting into recruitment for a visa. So um, I'd had, um, I was in my second year of my working holiday visa. A friend of mine had um, suggested to me that I got into recruitment at the time, had a really limited knowledge of what that actually involved and uh, at the 11th hour managed to secure a role um, with a recruitment agency um, who agreed to sponsor me Um, so that was the the start of the recruitment journey so it definitely wasn't planned but um, it it served its purpose and, and enabled me to 
settled down in Australia. I remember I met you at this fantastic rooftop barbecue you put on at the Commons, complete with the DJ, who I believe is a staff member as well. That's right, yeah. Um, Cam doubles up as a very good uh, <laughs> DJ and uh, a, a probably even better recruiter, to be honest. So were you recruiting him primarily as an in-house DJ or recruiter? Uh, I think there was probably elements of both in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see that he can play uh, both roles so well. Exactly. Um, were, were you the one who made the joke to me about have you ever met a recruiter here who isn't British? Oh, probably. You've heard that, right? Uh, oh, look, uh, you know, as I said, it, it's, uh, there was a wave uh, years ago of, <laughs> of, of Brits staying in the country for, for um, through recruitment. So uh, it definitely explains why uh, if you're getting a call from a recruiter, there's a good chance they've got a – UK accent. Now you head up Creative Natives. Tell us a bit about the business, why you started it and some of your philosophy there. So Creative Natives uh, was founded in August 2019. Um, The, I guess, why I started the business, uh, I'd had six successful years working uh, for another company in the creative space. And I think I had had a big desire to work for myself, to be in control of my destiny, should we say. And at, at the time, my partner and I had decided that we would, um, you know, live the the nomad lifestyle and go and go and work and live in Europe for a few months. And yeah, that, that, that never came to fruition, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. And, and now I'm... Uh, so you got marooned here. Marooned here, yeah. So, um, yeah, so go back to, yeah, so set, set the business up in August 2019. Um, wasn't entirely sure, you know, where it was going or or, or what direction it would go, but um, made made a first hire who's a, you know, at the time, very good friend and, you know, luckily still is, a uh, coll- uh, friend, Callum, um, came on and had sold him the dream of, you know, leaving his safe job in real estate and joining joining the world of recruitment. And uh, sure enough, a few weeks later, um, COVID hit, um, which... You recruited him into recruitment? Yeah, so he he, yeah, he, he joined me as my first employee. Um, and um, yeah, as I said, we went... The, yeah, it went from a very busy um, company to everything completely stopping during March 2020. Yeah, crazy time. Mm. Crazy time. Yeah. And I'm guessing it would have been uh, easy for him to make that call to jump ship out of real estate and into something new. Uh, look, I mean, I think we'd had many, many a beer and um, he'd been lucky to come with me on an incentive trip from my last company. And I think he'd uh, been given a very, um, you know, nice look of, of the world of recruitment and, and what a career could look like. And um, you know, he came across and, um, you know, obviously we had no idea what was about to happen. But looking back, it sounds silly and, and, and not to be insensitive. I think actually the pandemic really helped us as a business and is a big contributor to where we are and, and how we've evolved in those in those couple of years. Isn't it fascinating how the pandemic sort of created this divide between, yeah, COVID was great for us or, yeah, COVID brought us to our knees? Yeah, and and as I said, I I don't mean to be insensitive because I know that there's a lot of industries that have been hugely affected. Obviously, people have lost their lives, so I'm certainly not sitting here thinking, you know, bring on the next pandemic because, um, you know, it definitely was a really tough experience for us at the time. Um, 
we, we literally the whole business stopped making money overnight and um we had to really figure out how we were going to survive whilst trying to onboard someone into a new career um which you know funny enough at the time you know we had no live jobs we had no candidates to brief roles on so we found ourselves doing role play uh which when you when you've got a, a friend as close as Callum and you find yourself doing like role play and it's uh, it's a funny situation to find yourself in oh absolutely look i do want to get into um candidate attitudes in the hiring market pre and post pandemic but just want to chat also about your experience and your trajectory into um creative natives i noticed um having a look at your impressive LinkedIn, <laughs> lots of sales and marketing, digital and recruitment experience as well. Um, was it sort of a combination of all those threads that led you into Creative Natives? Look, I think my journey in recruitment started in very tech IT, moved into more creative. Um, so when launching Creative Natives, I, you know, through logic, stuck to what I what I knew Um you know, since then, and as we've grown, we've sort of added more strings to our bow and areas that we're recruiting in. But I think the the core, and obviously there's a, a clue in our name, is in that creative space. Um, but, um, you know, as we grow, we are finding ourselves, you know, working in different markets and, um, you know, offering, you know, more of a complete service to the clients. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, um you just got a little cheeky little 18,000 LinkedIn followers. That That's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, look, it's, um, yeah, LinkedIn is for us a major tool and and, and one we use and, and I'm sure probably frustrate people with the amount we post. But look, it is, uh, it's a very deliberate strategy. Um, that's, the, that's the place where people go to find jobs, right? Uh, and th- put jobs up. I think it's even gone beyond that. I think actually um, for a lot of people, LinkedIn has actually become their social um, media of choice. Um, so I, I think LinkedIn has evolved from a place where people go simply to find work or for where recruiters to to hang out. And I think people go on there for sharing of ideas and knowledge and you know a lot of different things. So I would say that people are using it a lot more um, than ever, and it certainly is the platform that gets us the most traction through our content. I'm really pleased to hear you say that. I've had many people, when I tell them that I really like LinkedIn, they tell me <laughs> that it's a sterile corporate wasteland. <laughs> I'm sure at, I'm sure at one point it was. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, we, yeah, like I say, we, we use it every day, day in, day out. Yeah. I think it's good because it's a clearly defined community of people who are interested in professional growth and development, right? Yeah. But I think as well that the, the, the stigma of – having to be professional on LinkedIn has evolved. And I think you still have a, a portion of users that say, don't post that, that's for Facebook. And, you know, why do you have your dog on LinkedIn and, and whatnot? <laughs> but I think the reality is that regardless of business, humans like dealing with humans that show their human side. So it's... It and makes, the dog side as exactly. well. Exactly. And, and if you're ever... If you're ever struggling for traction, just just get a picture of your dog out, and 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 the algorithm <laughs> just laps it up. So um, or a new baby, that's always big. Uh, if you can combine the two, yeah. it is you're going to go crazy. Yeah, you're going to get eighteen thousand followers that, in that, no time. So so that's essentially how we've made it: is just posting dogs and uh, yeah, baby <laughs> pictures. So if anyone's <laughs> wondering how the algorithm works, 
I was wondering because I want to. Um, I have um, four thousand connections, and I thought I was um, doing pretty well. But then I um, looked at your profile because always do before we start mm. these things, and I was like, "Gee whiz, this guy has taken the LinkedIn game to the next level." Well, mate, when you have your your child, that's when uh, that's when it comes out. Yeah, which is another point uh, worth talking about. <laughs> you know, you, that's how actually how we bonded and connected. I mean, I uh, have been the kind of anticipating potential new father for a good mm, eight months now, and you are the seasoned new dad. Um, which- I am, yeah, so Magnus uh, turned six months yesterday, and yeah, we had a. Uh, a little chat, didn't we, about the um, little? It was about two hours, but it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know about the the joys of raising a, a young child. So um, no, I'm sure you'll 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 love it. So well, you created a very comfortable environment for me to talk openly about some of my challenges, and um, you know I'm thankful to you for that, but also for the fantastic DJing in the background. Nothing like it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll do that again. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so just going back to, um, to your growth and your growth journey, you, you've built a strong team. You're sort of outgrowing the premises here at the commons. You were saying your current dwelling, mm. you're about 12 now. Yeah, I think soon, soon to be, I think 14. 14. Um, so, um, yeah, look, it's, we're growing, but we're also not growing for, for the sake of growing. Um, we, you don't way. strike me as the kind of guy who wants to have 50 employees. I, I, I don't necessarily want to put a number or a headcount on on growth or success. Um, we, 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 we hire based on if we meet a person who we think has the characteristics or the personality and, you, you know, I mean – Actually, more more than not now, um, we have hired people with no recruitment experience um, and had some extremely good results from that. Um, I mean, Callum being a, a great example, um, began with the business over, just over two years ago, had no recruitment experience, came from a sales background, and has now you know, running our Melbourne office. Um, I love which, that. Which is great. And, you know, there's plenty more examples of that in the business that, you have to be able to see the transferable skills. And I think a lot of companies don't do that well enough. Yeah, they want to like, it's like the equivalent of um, we want to hire a secretary. They have to have great secretary skills. Yeah. And it's like, is that really it? (laughs) Exactly. And it's something which we are really passionate about and, you know, very vocal about around companies um, hiring based on potential and not just having their competitor's name on their CV. Um, I mean, yes, that is one way of doing recruitment, but I think if you're hiring people that are, you know, going up in their career and, you know, there's a stage of everyone's career where they can just go from, you know, can, can, their career can come on leaps and bounds. And if you get them at the right point, it's an extremely infectious um trait to bring to a business and if you create a culture of those who are at that point and they're they're they're, they're coming on leaps and bounds you'll, you'll actually be amazed at what outcomes can be achieved versus hiring a group of people that have been there and have a um a, a mindset of already been there done that so you know whilst i don't think a business can purely structure the company with juniors i think they're the best companies are able to mix a combination of experience 
and passion. So well said. What, in your experience, makes a great recruiter or a great creative native? What do you look for? Um, I think one of the things we look for is people that are competitive, um, not in the sense that they're going to go to any lengths to to get a placement made, but just competitive with themselves. Um, that That is what I would... And that's what one of the things we ask around is understanding a challenge that they've overcome or an achievement or understanding what gets them motivated in the morning. Um, It's yes, we help people and that is a part of the job, but there's also a lot more to being a recruiter than just helping people. Um, they, They do need to have that competitive streak. They need to be, you know, wanting to, get the outcome um, and, and result because it is it is a challenging job. And I, I say a lot to a lot of people that recruitment can be on its day one of the best jobs there is. And on the other side of the coin, it could be one of the worst and genuinely the worst, you know. Yeah. Um, and for to be a successful recruiter, you need to just be able to roll with it and know that you're going to have good days but you'll also have probably more bad days. And it's just that ability to keep going, to do the right thing, to have integrity, to to make sure that you're doing as many of the things that you should be doing as possible. And hopefully by law of averages, you'll get the results you deserve. So it sounds like it's somebody who is up for a challenge and Mm -hmm. has demonstrated that, but also somebody who deals, um, who has good resilience. Yeah, absolutely. But it also, it's not, you know, it, we're trying to create an environment where it's it, it brings the best out in people. And, and when that what that I mean is people need to have fun. They need to feel safe, enjoy it. You know, it, at the end of the day, we're putting a person into a role. Like, yes, we want that to work and we have empathy for everyone involved in that process. But if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. And I think that's a perspective that we try and bring on everyone that we want this to work, but if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. What was in, what has become important to you in creating uh, the optimal culture to support what your team is trying to achieve? I'm thinking in the midst of the pandemic as well and now that we're sort of a bit more back together. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting process because obviously starting and having multiple moments of being remote it has been tough in a sense of creating culture, but I don't think it's a reason to have a bad culture. I think that culture has many layers and strands to it, and culture isn't defined by how many hours is in front of each other you see. Um, analogy I use is you have your group of friends that you see all the time, but you also have a group of friends that you see once or twice a year. But as soon as you see each other, things pick up again, and that's the strength of your relationship. And I think that's how I would describe our culture. Um, we're trying to not worry too much about quantity of hours together, more of the the quality and that's easy said than done. Um, I'm sure 
Um, there are times where it does feel a bit of a grind coming in, but that's life. You know, we're not we're not going to have every day being you know crazy fun. But you've got to just you know work at it. It's it's like it's like anything. It's you you can't just say culture isn't something you complete or you 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 decide you know you don't have so one day you suddenly go I've now got a good culture because I think the moment you you realize or think you have a good culture is probably where you get complacent and. Uh, and assume that everyone's on the same page. Now, you do some interesting things that are a bit different to other recruit, recruiters or um, businesses um, to, I guess, reinstill that physical touch point and t- to make sure you're having fun as a group and yeah. bonding. Talk us through some of that. And what, are, what are the typical things you get up to to maintain that culture? Yeah, look, I so one of the things um, we has, as a company have is we take every second Friday off, um, which just gives everyone – you know, that long weekend to, to go away and do do something a bit different. Um, we we get together each quarter. So recently we went for dumplings and tempin bowling, which was which was great. Um, and there's also a lot of things in the works that we've got we've got planned. Um, you know, we want to get a, a retreat happening at some point during the year. Um, we did a, a wine tour before um, before Christmas. But yeah, I, th- I think I think it's also being aware that you can't you can't make up for bad culture by just throwing booze and experiences at people. I think what the guys want is is trust and feeling as though they're an adult and can make decisions based on what's right for them. And I think if if I think if most people answered what being you know what flexibility means to them it's it's just being able to do things at on the at the beat that you want to do them yeah so well said what do you think has changed um for job candidates and in the market generally for jobs sort of pre and post pandemic everything's changed L- literally it could not have flipped on its head more so and to be honest i think it's it's such a good byproduct of the pandemic. Um, I think for too long, there was such a power in the hands of the hiring managers and clients. And quite honestly, I think it allowed for quite questionable behavior. I think most of us at some point have been um, on the other, on the end of receiving no feedback or you know you know an, a, an awful interview process and you know just just really poor behaviour and I think that was that went on for too long because it could and businesses had options and as a result of the pandemic and because the borders have shut and you know we we particularly in the space we're in have never seen a bigger talent shortage. And we have now – it has gone so far the other way that candidates are, are the king. You know, they, they, they choose what they want. They, it's on their terms now. And so what that means as, a, as our business, it's, it's not just about taking job orders. It's also making sure that the clients that we represent behave in the right way. Hmm. And, and by that – we we have a um, an agreement that we send to clients before we work with them, and it essentially outlines what our expectations of them are. You know, we can't have a candidate 
interviewing for a role and never hearing back because that's just that's just not right. Mm. Every single person, regardless of how seen you are, would know that that's not right. Yeah. So we have to stop that happening because if you're a candidate and you go through a recruitment agency and you never hear back, that's a bad reflection of us. So I think in a long way of saying there's a lot more accountability that clients have to adhere to. You know, that it's not the ball is not in their court anymore. And I think if you're still thinking that candidates should be grateful for a job, that you you are a, a million miles away from from the reality. <laughs> That's definitely going to be the soundbite for this episode. That is so well put. <laughs> and I think so many organisations are still they haven't adjusted their thinking for that. I, I think my observation is, as you say, a huge power shift from employer to employee mm. or candidate. Um, candidate pretty much in more senior positions, just sort of setting their terms. Yeah. Um, and that is so different to what it's been in my entire lifetime. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of people probably as well, it's a bit of a shock. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you've you've had an experience at some point in your career where, you know, you've been involved in a process and through whatever, you, you leave that process going, what just happened then? Like, oh, yeah, constantly. Like, you know, they approached me. I've I've shown interest and then I've not heard back. Like, in what in what chapter of life is that ever an acceptable thing to do? So, you know, uh, before I met you, um, I'm, I can comfortably say that there's not many recruiters I'd throw in behind. Mm-hmm. There's probably two. Yeah, um, because I have had bad experiences. I've been in places where you know I've gone for interviews, um, no one's followed up, haven't heard anything, and I have to chase the recruiter, and it's it just gets super awkward. So. And look, I'm not sitting here saying we're perfect. And, and I'm, you know, I, I would be naive to think that every single person through Creative Natives has had 100% positive experience. Um, that's just, we're humans, you know, we, we try to do the right thing, but there are times where it does fall through the crack. But if we can try and reduce that as much as possible, then that's, that's a progress. So what sort of things are you seeing employers need to offer more and more? Um, obviously, money isn't everything. So so what do candidates look for and how is that being met by employers? The biggest shift that we've seen is candidates are now looking for for purpose. They want to feel like what they're doing on a daily basis is impacting the world in a positive manner. That can that def, the definition of purpose can can translate into um, many different types of of work. But the businesses that have a strong sense of purpose, um, and I'll, I'll give an example of a business that we've recruited for um, was who gives a crap. When we when we were working on that recruitment, the response rate and the interest in a company like them was through the roof. Yeah. So I think that's that's fundamentally the biggest shift that people are now thinking, okay, what's going to be my legacy or where, what do I want to contribute to the world? And that's something which companies need to be very aware of. So that's where we've seen a huge rise in companies trying to become a B Corp. You know, it commercially makes sense to be certified. Um, but outside of that, I think it's, I think they just want to feel looks after and feel like they're not just someone generating cash for the business. 
I think you're so right. And I mean, everything you've said resonates with me. I think there's a reason the podcast is called Humans of Purpose, mm. um, exactly for that kind of thinking. But I also think there's just a big piece around psychological safety. Like, yeah. do you make people feel safe? to express themselves and also supported to do their best in the role. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple that it should be, but I can name on one hand and probably half of that hand the number of roles I've been in where I've felt safe and supported uh, in my long, you know, 12 years in the workforce or whatever. And, and you know, it's it's been such a challenging couple of years for people and I'm sure at some point majority of people have experienced mental health or anxiety and I think it's just got to the point now where people just they just don't want that anymore you know it's not the the bright lights of the fancy businesses that that you know you go in and you you get work to the bone people just don't see that as as cool and and I think there's been a real shift in whether it's a generation thing or whether it's just post-covid but I think people aren't boasting about wages and status anymore. It's more around flexibility and freedom. Yeah. That's the new currency, I think. Oh, totally. I actually have never heard anyone of my friends or in my networks um, boasting about wages. They'd be more likely to be boasting about the flexibility they've got for sure. Yeah. Like a, a mate saying, oh, just spending the day working from the local cafe or, yeah. you know, went to the beach at lunchtime kind of thing. 100%. You know, I'm working from Cairns or Port Douglas at the moment, that that kind of thing. It is. And it's that That's subtle, the boast. It's the subtle way of being able to share with your friends and family that you've you've managed to find a career that you're happy in is a far bigger priority now than, hey, look, I've got this title and cash. So I think that's that's been a, a massive shift. And when we were just saying on our walk to coffee before this fun, so can you legitimately say that you look forward to the next day at work because you're going to have some um, periods of fun or elements of fun within that day? Yeah. And I think and one of the things we – try and focus on at Creative Natives is rather than trying to, and this is why we gave an extra day off a month and you know, work life, when, when there's a really hard line between work and life, then I feel like that's when the Sunday fear kicks in. That's when, you, you know, you're hanging out for Friday to, to, to get rid of that. And then, but, but that can be easily resolved. And if you're able to feel, your life with meaningful experiences all day or every day, then you shouldn't necessarily have such an imbalance between what you do during the week and what you do at the weekend. You know, if you're working till seven o'clock at night and you're not able to go to the gym or see your kids and, you know, go through this grind of a life that, you know, we did for so long, like, of course you're going to be hanging for the weekend, but but what? But why do you need to be at the office till seven? Like it's yeah. it, you know it's so so yeah it's it's a we're in a better position than we we were that's for sure. Oh totally. Hey, we talked a bit before about sort of what it's like to to be a new dad and a new parent, and yeah. I'll be one soon too. So that'll be exciting. But um, what about um, job candidates who are re-entering the market sort of after having the first baby? <sighs> I mean, I. I've I've got a very new and fresh lens on on parenting, and um, you know before before we had Magnus, um, I, I just I, I've always been just fascinated with this perception that working 
parents who can only do three or four days a week are are not are not facilitated or they're not welcome to the working force. I mean, I've I've worked with working parents over the years, and I mean machines, just absolute <laughs> machines. Like they, totally. they, you know, and and it's it's because they. They have to be. Well, they, you, you talked about overcoming challenges before. Imagine waking up every day and, and overcoming multiple young person challenges. Yeah, and <laughs> and and look, I've I've just got the one. But if if I had multiple children, um, it would it would be carnage. Yeah. And 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 so just to think that you know that person because they can only do three or four days a week are not going to be an asset to a business, and and it's going to be a, some some sort of hindrance to your client. I think it's just. It's actually just so short-sighted. And one of the things that we put in place to try and change the perception of of this was um, offering clients half-price placements for, for return-to-work parents. And we have placed return-to-work parents for half-price. And I remember one person said, I think commented on social, said, oh, why, why, why should they be half-price? And I sort of correctly, I said, you know, we're doing this to try and change behaviour. You know, it's, we're not saying that they're worth half. We're just trying to change the perception, incentivize, incentivize, yeah. and 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 you know, okay. So if you are nervous, then we'll pay half price, get double the, the guarantee period, and we'll prove it to you that they're a good asset. Yeah, and I concur with you completely that um, the people who have kids and are also working part-time or whatever, they're absolute machines. I mean, they are just so – I just think – I mean, I'm in awe of them because the fact that they're able to be so proficient in their work, yeah, it's almost like they have this second layer of you know, strength because they have other things going on that are a lot bigger than work. Yeah. So – and, yeah, I, 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 and particularly looking at you know, my partner Sarah and it's – companies should be just giving – as much facilitating it as much as possible. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, parenting is a choice. And like fundamentally, if there was no one being parents, that we'd have bigger issues. So, you know, yes, it's not just parents, but, you know, it should be, you know, but that, maybe that's another topic. But I, I don't think that um, we're doing enough, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're doing something which is terrific, mm. you and the company. Um I want to talk, you mentioned before just a bit about sort of the purpose piece and, you know, having a social impact and everything. Um, what do you do at Creative Natives sort of in that vein for your employees? And I'm interested also in the freelance for good work and just thinking about how you work with different charities and make those decisions and why do that stuff at all? Why does it matter? Um, so going back to, um, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic, um, we – we were introduced to the guys at Homey, uh, and shout out to Nick Pierce. <laughs> hey, Nick. Um, <laughs> and uh, we we had a good chat with them. They had mentioned that uh, their normal retail program that the young people go through had been uh, affected due to COVID, and we put a, an idea to them that um, how about if we put together a bit of a uh, a course, for lack of a better word, um, where you know senior people from the industry would come in and and teach them the, the the basics of you know what is a graphic designer, you know what is influencer marketing, and it was you know it was a four week um, program in in the uh, the warehouse in Collingwood, um, and that gave them a, a good introduction to 
to the world that we recruit in. And as a result of that, we were able to um, place or find two two young people um, paid placements. Fantastic. Um, which, which kind of then was this kind of moment where we thought, well, it's quite easy to do this, like to help people because there was an appetite from the companies that we recruit for to, to provide this. So, you know, subsequently since then, we've, we've partnered with, um, you know, a number of other businesses who, um, you know, w- w- we can try and, you know, leverage our social media reach or we can, you know, help them in, in different aspects. But it's, it's something which is really key to, to our, I guess, purpose and, and our culture. And we always talk about the three C's being, you know, content, which we obviously work, you know, producing content. It's the the candidate making sure that they're looked after and have a good experience. But the community aspect of it is a huge, huge part of it. Um, we would love to, and, and I've got the wheels in motion of becoming a B Corp. Um, and it's because, well, we enjoy it. You know, <laughs> it, it feels like you already are one in many ways. I actually thought you were one. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, it's just the way you, the things you do, the way you speak, and the philosophy. It's very big. Or we just, we just, yeah, it's just fun. And you know, we have a, a rooftop party, and we work with a business called Shortback and Sidewalks, who give um, vulnerable people haircuts in in marginalised communities, and you know, to print off some you know uh, thingy codes for people to donate, like. It literally took us five minutes. We were raised a few hundred dollars. Like it's, you know, and I think without sounding like we're, you know, changing the world, it's it's the small things that, you know, enable us to know a bit more around our purpose. And, um, you know, another, you know, initiative we have is, is Freelance for Good, where we have five partner um, charities or uh, organizations um, and freelancers who um, work with us, we donate 10% of our profits to those businesses. And Do you want to give them a shout who they are? Um, yeah, so um, we've got, um, I'm just off the top of my head now, so for Change Co, um, Homey, Shortback and Sidewalks, uh, I think Cancer Council, and you've put me on the spot here. I should have, I <laughs> should have prepared right, for that, but I think, yeah. Um, That's a pretty good effort. That's three out of five. Yeah, but um, we we will send out comms to our freelancers. So once we agree the assignment, they'll then get the opportunity to choose who they want to give their 10% to. I love that. That's fantastic. And um, for Change Co, I should give a little shout out to Tennille and Levi as well, who have been um, uh, alumni great, on the pod. Great, great, great people. Great people. The yeah. best people. Mm, the best. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just moving along a little bit, um, we talked about flexibility before and that sort of being like the new thing. Yeah. What does it mean to you and what does it mean for you in Creative Natives? Um, so we have a policy. So once people have passed their sort of six months, um, essentially they have an unlimited leave policy. So, um, I mean, we've got a over half the team are from the UK. Um, so we, you know, from experience, I know that going back for four weeks and using all your holiday is, you know, can, can, can put a bit of a strain on for the rest of the year. So flexibility is, is using that, that time, um, you know, but it's, you know, everyone, there's still an expectation of, 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 of work, you know, it's not a case of, okay, I'm just going to take six weeks off and, you know, you guys will look after everything. Um, but it's just giving people that ability to, you know, work from wherever and 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 do that sort of thing, um, because like it 
it, it really doesn't change things too much. Um, as long as people are responsive and, you know, you know, hit, you know, they've got a, they, the expectations are set. Um, they're, they're, that's fine. Um, a lot of people, I think, mistakenly think flexibility means, um, saying, being able to say, Oh, I'm not going to come back into work anymore physically. I just, I, I, I mean, I think there's probably a small percentage of people that think that, but I think by and by that people, are enjoying coming back in, in in some form. I would have thought so. I mean, I I can't stay away from working near people, so it, it's it's it's. I think from just ga- gauging uh, or reading the candidate views, I'd say two days a week is where the you know where where people are feeling most comfortable. Yeah, obviously you're going to have people that want to do fully remote, and that's cool. People want to be back in the office, um, but I think having a one size fits all. Is where you where you come up with problems, and that's where businesses that are insisting on people coming in five days a week are going to struggle. People that have you know no office are also going to struggle. So it's it's having a base where there's that connection, but also giving people that flexibility. But I think also something which is also worth mentioning that people, it's okay. I think if you're established in your career to be working from home, there's a lot of um, wisdom that you know, people starting out in their career can miss out on. So look, this is a debate that will always be ongoing. And I think it depends what chapter of life you're at as opposed to what you're wanting. Also Um, how junior you are in your role, because the more junior you are, the more you probably want to soak up as much as possible from others. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's a topic that I'm sure will continue to be debated. Fantastic, mate. Been wonderful chatting with you. Um, how can people connect with you, learn a bit more about your work? And uh, I think you've got a special offer in mind for um, for uh, clients as well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, first off, um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, You'll be 18,001. 18,001. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, more than happy to, to connect. Um, I think if you're a business that is working out, you know, what your offering is and, and you know, are you in line with what you know, the candidate market want and want to have an honest, genuine conversation where we'll review your proposition and, you know, your structure and how you're set up, then we're more than happy to, you know, provide a free consultation for you. Um, and and look, if you're a candidate that is sitting or listening to this and thinking, maybe I need to find a place where I feel safer or more appreciated or where there is a bit more purpose um, to what I do, then then give us a shout because um, the list of businesses that we are working with that are ticking that purpose box and are, um, you know, really looking after their staff um, is growing and we're going to have more and more businesses that offer that. So, um, yeah, feel free to reach out and we'll give you an honest, um, you know, take on where we think you could fit into the market. So you can do a free consult for humans and purpose listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. good of you, mate. No, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Well, thank you for being with me today. It's been a wonderful chat and um, look forward to many more good chats too. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and why not share it with a friend or two? If you want more from your Humans of Purpose experience, become a Humans of Purpose member today through our new platform, Supercast. All you need to do is hit the link in our show notes. 
If you have a message to share with our audience about your brand, products, or services, we have a wide variety of paid promotional packages available. Please get in touch by hitting the link in our show notes.